So, John. Yeah. What was your favorite Christmas special growing up as a kid that you'd look forward to watching every year? I always liked the Charlie Brown Christmas. That was always my favorite, too. Yeah. I always loved it. And actually, once I got older, the one thing that I loved is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh, the Muppet The one? Muppet one, yeah. yeah. And, and no small part, because if you've ever seen the DVD with the bloopers, the bloopers are hilarious. I <laughs> bet. It's actually with Frank Oz just has, uh, there's a whole stretch in there that's just a riot. Yeah, I, I've seen some of those on like the Muppets Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. the outtakes with Gonzo and the rats and stuff. He, he says, I feel like I have a rat on my head. I can't explain it. <laughs> I always thought that the first Christmas special ever created was Charlie Brown. Turns out it wasn't. Of course not. No, I mean, the the one that kicked it off is actually our subject for this Beyond Saturday Morning episode, and that is Rankin and Bass's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964, one year prior to Charlie really? Brown. Really? A Charlie year ahead. Okay. Yeah. Rudolph's origins go back before that, go back to 1939, actually, with, and it starts with a catalog writer for Montgomery Wards in Chicago by the name of Robert L. May. Yeah, I knew there was a connection to Montgomery Ward, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, so, so May was this... Guy who always wanted to be uh, write the great American novel, and here he was writing catalog blurbs about shirts and <laughs> whatever else, and which is every writer's <laughs> dream. <laughs> and, and at the time, Montgomery Ward every year would produce a, a short little kids book for Christmas and hand out just for free as just a promotional Christmas giveaway for kids. Yeah. And in 1938, the end of 1938, they asked him to write whatever he wanted to write about. So he came up with this idea of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So May was a self-proclaimed kind of loser. He's like, yeah. he, when he was a kid, he moved up into school like two years ahead. So he was really young for like everybody in his age. Right. And he always kind of felt like an outcast. Hard and, time making and, friends. Yeah. And yeah. he always kind of felt like he was on the outside looking in. And he, and that continued all the way through adulthood. He always never felt like he fit in anywhere. And so he kind of poured that into this, story about a reindeer named Rudolph that he came up with. Who didn't fit in. And he had a shiny nose, as everybody knows. And he turns the script in, Montgomery Ward prints it, and they ended up giving away more than 2 million. 2.4 million. Wow. Which is way beyond anything they'd ever done before. It was a huge smash. Yeah. And obviously the story was big, and Montgomery Ward is getting all this attention for it. And Eight years go by, I finally realized, oh, wait, you know, you're, we didn't write this, you wrote this. So they gave him the rights to it oh, cool. in 1947. He never actually demanded it or anything like that. Sure. It, just, it was kind of one of those things the corporate higher-ups are just like, well, that's ours and whatever. And yeah. suddenly somebody's like, well, no, we didn't. That's, that's his story. So, yeah. uh, you know, the, the kindness of a corporation. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, fast forward to now, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> so so he gets the rights in, in uh, May of 1947, and he, and he quickly runs with them. And he actually convinces a songwriter by the name of Johnny Marks, who happened to be his brother-in-law, yeah. to to write a song. Cool. And, and Marks writes the song, and, and I love the story. This Marks said his first first version that he wrote was the worst song he had ever written. He's like, it was absolutely terrible. So he actually had to like work through it and turns out, yeah, it turned out to be a good song. So they sure. they ended up selling it to different people. They took it to like Bing Crosby. They took it to Perry Como. Perry Como was interested only if he could change the the lyrics. And they're like, yeah, no. no so they kept selling it and they took it to Gene Autry and Gene Autry's like, no. And then Gene Autry's wife's like, no, you're going to do this. This is a great, I love the the theme of this. Like right. this kid, this kid, this root, this reindeer who is outcast and he ends up becoming a hero. She's like, sure. that's fantastic. Spoiler should, alert. Yeah. She's like, yeah. you should be singing that song. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'll do it. And it blows 
blows up the charts. Sure. Number one pop charts, number one country western charts in really? 1949. And from then it's just, I mean, Katie bar the door with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Because yeah. it is every, you know, it's just a sensation at that point. Cool. And fast forward to 1963. So in the early 60s, uh, Marx actually lived in Greenwich Village. And his neighbor and good friend of his was actually a man named Arthur Rankin, who's one of the co-founders of Rankin and Bass Production, okay. which is this kind of middling animation studio. Um, they're not huge. They've, they've done some stuff and they're notable, but they're not really, yeah. really on, like and everybody knows of the studio. And they're chatting and they decide, well, you know, hey, you should do one on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And like, oh, OK, well, let's look into it. And they kind of go back and forth. So they, they do these holiday specials for the General Electric Fantasy Hour. And it's, you know, just a branded TV special that GE, like they make their own commercials in it. And it's all just one hour of GE promotion. OK. With a story built around yeah. it for kids. And ge likes the idea and it doesn't hurt that they're affiliated with montgomery Ward through a couple employees who work in both spots Uh and on top of it a general electric engineer named nick uh holiniak developed the first led light bulb capable of emitting visible red light in 1962 that's the light bulb that they use in the special no way yes oh that's like oh we can incorporate that into the storytelling See, I thought you were going somewhere with like a creative engineer or something like that. <laughs> no, he it, invented the red light bulb the, that they used in the in the show. Absolutely. So his his so his, he invented his nose, nose is this invention from 1962. This no LED way. light bulb. Yeah. It's oh, kind that's of awesome. Yeah, this corporate synergy kind of going together. Like the kind of pulls it all together. It moves forward. Rankin and Bass. Then they lean on an animator that they had worked with before. This uh, Tadahito Mokinaga, who is an innovator in Asia. He was actually the the first uh, he produced the first puppet based stop motion action uh, animation in China and Japan. Really, and was extremely light years ahead in terms of his in that stop motion animation. He was actually so good they used to call it uh, animagic because his movement was so, so fluid. Smooth. Yeah, and so Rankin and Bass actually worked very heavily with him. So this is all produced in over in Asia. In his in his studio, and it all comes together. And Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer airs on NBC on December sixth, nineteen sixty four. Obviously, it was a huge hit, yeah. um, and it resulted in being re aired every year because of like the success. And Rankin and Bass then used that to establish their niche as these holiday special factory that yeah. can churn them out. And I mean, yeah, we know so many of them. There's Frosty the Snowman, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Year Without Santa Claus, Nestor the Long Eared Donkey. Yes, which is forgotten by a lot of people. <laughs> as they sh- as it should be. Uh, Rudolph actually would return through Rankin and Bass uh, in two additional stop motion specials in 1976's Rudolph's Shiny New Year and then Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July in 1979. I mean, everything about this special earned praise from yeah. the, obviously the animation, like the, the fluid movement was something that was something really new. unique to, to U.S. audiences. Yeah. The, the story, the music... And then the voice acting, I mean, really, it's kind of funny for, yeah, how notable that cast is with really only one well-known voice yeah. attached, to the, attached to it. Attached to the cartoon. Yeah, and it's interesting that this one, you know, when we talked about Frosty, it was cartoon was based on the song. You know, the story was written off of the song. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have the story and then the song yeah. and then the cartoon. Yeah. You know, so it almost went... 
backwards yeah. from the from the other ones we've done. But yeah, the voices in this, really only one name that you'll recognize unless you're really into this like we are, but that and that's Burl Ives. Right. Burl Ives is the narrator. Um, he was a folk singer, was on CBS radio, had over 30 albums. He was in a lot of singing cowboy roles, created the role of Big Daddy on Broadway's Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And he actually won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in The Big Country in 1958. And Burl Ives has that really recognizable, gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you hear it, you're going to go, oh, of course, that's Burl Ives. And they even make the narrator look like him with his trademark goatee and stuff. And he's a snowman narrator, but he looks like Burl Ives. Yeah, and when they originally did the production on this, he wasn't added until the very end because he was the, the snowman, Sam the Snowman, was never a part of the story. Oh, really? It was, it was NBC and General Electric's like, well, we need a name to help sell this thing. So that's how he got it. And in. that's how. So it was the very end of production. They brought him into the studio. He just recorded his, you know, so he doesn't interact with anybody. It's just he's sitting there as a narrator and yeah. telling the story kind of remotely. Huh. And and that's and that's why they they made it look like him so that kind of helped so, draw the audience and like oh I recognize oh well, this is Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer hosted by Burl yes. Ives okay so he was the draw yeah he so to speak he was the big name on the marquee and interestingly yeah. enough he was the only one who collected royalties no kidding because it was in his contract and SAG uh, SAG negotiations at that time were very poor for sure. especially for voice acting uh-huh. so while he was collecting it nobody else had nobody it in else their was contract. getting anything yeah oh interesting yeah well that explains why the rest of the cast didn't do a whole lot after this mm-hmm. you know they were on this huge hit mm-hmm. but they really didn't do many other things after it larry mann played yukon cornelius who was one of my he's my favorite character <laughs> in the whole thing i mean he's the comic relief and he's just a riot he was also the voice of the bumble the abominable snowman <laughs> and he played judge lee oberman on hill street blues oh, so he had some tv in the 80s fireball was voiced by alfie scop um, he was also Charlie in the Box and some other reindeer. And he was in Fiddler on the Roof in 1971. And on the Howdy Doody show, he was Clarabelle hmm. on the Howdy Doody show. So yeah. that's a big role. Yeah. Santa Claus was voiced by Stan Francis. He was also King Moonracer, the flying lion mm-hmm. on the Island of Misfit Toys. And some other single episodes of certain series on television. His biggest role was Geppetto on the New Adventures of Pinocchio TV series. He was uh, Santa Claus um, playing Geppetto, which is interesting. Um, The head elf, um, Carl Bannis. He was also the spotted elephant and some of the other toys. Um, And do you remember The Busy World of Richard Scarry? Did you read those books to your kids? Yes. So he was on the cartoon of that, The Busy World of Richard Scarry. Um, He was the cat. Oh. The cat who was the friend of the earthworm with the hat. The earthworm who drives a uh, earthworm who drives, drives the an bus. And, yeah, drives the <laughs> apple car and wears a hat, but he doesn't have hands. Um, yeah, so he was on that. Um, Hermie the elf, uh, Rudolph's friend who was also a misfit who didn't want to be an elf. He wanted to be a dentist. Um, he played Spider-Man. Uh, his name was Paul Souls. He played Spider-Man in the animated series and was also Peter Parker. Yeah, you know, Peter Spider-Man Parker and 67. Spider-Man. Yeah. The 1967 version of Spider-Man, the animated series. Oh, I never would have connected that. I mean, I, yeah. that Spider-Man voice from childhood is ingrained in my head. I know that so Yeah, well. so now go back and watch and listen yeah. to Hermie. Yeah. See if you can pull out <laughs> Peter Parker. Um, he was also on some other weird things, other one-offs with hilarious names like Wish Fart. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it either. The day my butt went psycho, 
Scaredy Squirrel, and The Magic Hockey Skates. These were all <laughs> projects he was involved in. They sound like Netflix projects that just came out in the last year. Yes. <laughs> like, we need a ton of content. <laughs> everybody, everybody's stuck at home. We need to cram in a bunch of content, so we'll call it Wish Fart. Wish Fart and The Day My Butt Went Psycho. And the magic hockey skates, that could be like a really cool like Disney thing or it could be really horrible. Yeah. You know, it could be a really awful after school special. I'm sure it's probably that. Yeah. <laughs> Donner, who is one of the very few adult reindeer we hear from mm -hmm. in the show. Um, Donner is voiced by Paul Klingman. He's also Clarice's father and Comet the coach. Mm. Um, so he's basically every reindeer. So he's basically every adult, every male, reindeer. adult male reindeer is, is Paul Klingman. Um He's also many of the powerful deep voices um, that you'll recognize from Marvel. Um, he was J. Jonah Jameson hmm. in Spider-Man the Animated Series. He played Red Skull, um, General Thunderbolt from Hulk, and did a short stint as Captain America. So a lot of work with Marvel. Yeah, Again, with Marvels, all those 60s yeah. Marvel cartoons. And then Mrs. Donner, um, Peg Dixon, also was in many Marvel um, things and also in Spider-Man. And she was Aunt May and um, Jane Foster. Oh, wow. in both of those. Yeah, so Thor. So yeah, we we'll have to go back. I wonder if they were made um, in a similar you know, in a studio. Because yeah, because it seems like there Canadian. are a lot of connections so, here between yeah. each other. Um, and then the one important voice, Rudolph. Right, Rudolph mm -hmm. was credited as Billy Richards. B i l l y Richards. It's actually a woman. Billy Ray Richards, B-I-L-L-I-E, but was credited as Billy Richards. She was in the Care Bears as Tenderheart Bear, also on Spider-Man as, as other voices. It's interesting to me that they credited Rudolph with a man's name when it was... It was, it was a woman doing the voice. And that was intentional, too. It had to be. And Rankin yeah. and Bass did not want anybody to know that their male lead was voiced by a woman. Voiced so, by a woman, yeah, yeah. So Billy Mae Richards just kind of gets... We're going to misspell your name. <laughs> and we're not going to give you any royalties. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so they kind of hosed Rudolph yeah. again, you know? <laughs> you know, not only that, but in the end credits, they, they put the wrong copyright notice in Roman numerals at the end. Yes. And it, it's missing an M. Actually, it says the copyright is 1164, not 1964. <laughs> well, Santa's been around a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, yeah. And apparently but... Rudolph is Donner's son. Yeah. Because Donner's one of the eight from the beginning yeah. where they talk about, you know, all well, these and, reindeer. And they, in their beginning, they say that Donner's, a, he's my lead deer. He's my, yeah. my lead right. He's in charge. Yeah. He's, it's interesting how that evolves as the story goes on. Right. We'll get to that. Yeah. But the version that aired in 1964 is not the version that you and I know today, nor is the, the version that you can get on video is different from the one that you and I grew up oh, with. Oh, really? So 1964, they made this curious choice, and it, in hindsight, it's obviously a bad choice, but they made it anyway, to, it, <laughs> it ends where, you know, guide my sleigh tonight, and they take off, and it basically ends, you know. Santa never goes to the Island of Misfit Toys. Rudolph tells him, but they never go. And so, the, of course, a letter campaign is 1965. So letters and nobody's Come pouring in. Yeah, nobody, how dare Santa? Nobody's typing this. on their phones. It's, yeah. yeah, and and it's viewers complaining. They're like, why? Why did you leave the Misfit Toys behind? Why did you? And really, why would you have a whole segment about it and then, and then you not don't do revisit anything. it? Not close that loop. In that year, they went and they 
trimmed down and speeded up the version of We Are Santa's Elves, the elf song yeah. in the beginning. Um, the We're a Couple of Misfits song was removed completely and they put in a different shorter song that was called uh, Fame and Fortune with Hermie and Rudolph singing. Those actually, that would basically remain in place until 1998. So 1965 to 98 or through 97, they added the Misfit toy scene and then they modified those two songs. And they actually cut something else out at the end, but I'll bring that up in later. It's a different yeah, point. Yeah, I've got commentary on the ending as well. <laughs> then 1998, actually, they needed more space. So they went back and they truncated the We're a Couple of Misfits song that they had taken out. They shortened it up, speeded it up, and put it back in in place of the Fame and Fortune song. So that was then jettisoned that again. And then, yeah, I mean, they just kind of... Trimmed and speeded up. So there's a whole like fit. basement tapes collection that <laughs> the kids are missing now. Yes. So yeah, well, it's amazing that the original version is different than like just one year. Yeah, it changed and then it you know they changed it again and you know even what's available on DVD, yeah, is not the same. Not thing the that same was thing on, on TV, but yeah, it's interesting. But so what was what did you recall of this before you know, we obviously sit down and watch it again? Yeah. Like when this is one like Frosty and Charlie Brown, you watch every year. Yeah. You know, the stop a- I measure all stop action animation I see against the magic of Rudolph, you know, because mm-hmm. it was the first one I saw when I was mm-hmm. a kid. And when I see images from the Rudolph show, I, I have instant nostalgia of watching that as a kid. And the story is is good. You know, when I was a kid, it was epic. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was almost a full hour. Yeah. You know, as opposed to Frosty, which was like 20 minutes with the commercials. It's a half hour. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Brown. This was an hour long program. So it really felt like it was an epic story. You know, settle in and get a snack, you know, mm-hmm. to watch this whole thing. But I, I loved it. <laughs> it yeah. really did. I loved it as a kid. I still like it. Uh, but looking at it as an adult now, taking a critical look at it, it's like, oh, that's, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> there are terrible things happening to this poor kid. You know, and as a parent now, I'm like, if any coach talked to my kid like that, there would be problems. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's interesting just because, I mean, and you, there, there's a point where, as a writer, you understand why they write. I mean, they're they're making this hardship for Rudolph and Hermie, you know, right. Subsequently, but they're just so over the top on it. It's just like, oh, it's yeah. just brutal. Yes, and it's just like it's it's one thing to you know they're you know established that they're misfits and they feel like they need to kind of go off on their own. I, I get that, but it's just so over the top in that like everybody they interact with, minus Clarice. Right. Is just, just awful. Straight mean to him. Yeah. Including his dad. Yeah. His dad's one of the worst. Yeah. His dad's trying to cover up his nose and say, you'll you'll just get used to it. No son of mine's going to have that red nose. And the coach kicks him off of the reindeer games and says, and encourages the other children to exclude him. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to let him do that. Yeah. We're not going to let him play any reindeer games. Yeah. Scram, kid. Gang up on this guy. Yeah. And even Santa is mean to him. Oh. Santa's like, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> so, so this whole thing starts. They bring in Sam, the snowman, the Burlives character, yep. and it's like live action footage of people like their cars stuck in the snow Huge in New York storm. City, and right. you know the the newspapers coming in the like, oh, worst headlines. ever. Yeah, you know, twelve. You know, the cold snap goes on twelve days. And this yes. and that. So it's just like you know, like apocalyptic right. weather hitting, and then so Sam the snowman, Snowmageddon. Like, oh, yeah, arrived. like I'd never done know what we would have done if Rudolph wasn't there. I'm like, wait, you don't know the story of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? And yeah. like, well, settle in, and he <laughs> and he actually says pull up an ice block and he actually does yeah 
But he just pulls it next to him. He doesn't sit on it. Sit on it. He just pulls it next to him. Like, He's like, inviting you to sit It's on like it. icing his hip or something like that. Like old snowman. Well, how like, does oh. a snowman sit down? <laughs> but then why didn't take the... Why, why bother with yeah, the seat? just like, in case you... Hit, this is what you would do. You would grab your icebox and you pull it next to you. <laughs> but, and then they go into the story. They go into the story. And, and it starts, you know, the story itself starts with Rudolph... Having just been born in the in his cave, yep, with his mom and, and Donner, they're in there no more than five seconds, and Santa comes strolling in, and he's like, "Oh, well, I got to see the latest year." Like, so I have a question: Who, who phoned Santa? <laughs> so I have a question: <laughs> Yeah, is is Santa just lurking outside of that cave? Is he just like waiting? Yeah, he just he just like barge in and like. Any kids yet? Ah, I'm moving on. And, I mean, what? Any good farmer would, I guess. <laughs> I was like, what, what's going on here? Yeah, all right, whatever. And it, But he just kind of happens and then he gets all upset because there's a, a red nose. Yeah. And he's a total jerk about it. Right. And, and he's skinny. Yeah, he's a skinny Santa. Skinny and Santa. he's just like, well, Don, he's all disappointed in Donner. So follow-up question. If Bill Belichick, this is kind of like, the way I say it, is this like Bill Belichick walking in when Tom Brady has his kid and he's like, oh, let me see your kid. Is that, he's going to be our quarterback in the next 20 years. Right. And like, oh, uh, wait, no, he's, his ears are funny. No, yeah. we can't have him as a face of the franchise. <laughs> you better get that fixed, Tom. He's got little arms. <laughs> no way those little hands will hold the ball. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's such a weird thing. And yeah. he's like, yeah, like, well, you know, your dad did this, so you should be doing this. And right. It's... And it, he says, like, he's disappointed, literally. Yeah. He says, I'm disappointed. Yeah, and then he yeah. sings about how he's, uh, you know, that, that song, Jingle, Jingle, Jingle. He's yeah. like, I'm, I'm Santa Claus. And he's basically, like, talking himself up. He's got his own promo song as he's <laughs> singing around. And it's propaganda. Yeah, and then he leaves. <laughs> and he takes off, yeah. And, and then Don's like, oh, well, we got to do something about it. Yeah, so they talk about how they spent the next year doing a pretty good job of nobody recognizing him. So what do they hide him? Yeah, they hide him yeah. away while Donner kind of teaches him how to become a deer, right. a reindeer. And including how to hide from the abominable <laughs> snowman. <laughs> and so until you know a year goes by and the, the next Christmas is coming up. And so they all go to the reindeer games. Yeah. So which are these tryouts or is, what is this? I don't know. See, that's I have another question. Yeah. What are the reindeer games? Yeah. Is it I mean, by the, the sound like in the song, you just think, oh, just like whatever games they play, whatever. Yeah. But this is like some organized the rain, like the Olympics. Yeah, it was organized and they were taking turns. Who can fly the best? And yeah. So coach had a whistle and a hat. And and are only the bucks allowed to participate? Apparently. Because they're like, well, we got to show off for the does. Yeah. And so then how does that explain? How did Vixen end up a sp- get hurt? How did she get a spot on the of Santa's team? Yeah. If she can't compete in the games, right? How did she get on? It, yeah, it, 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 it was leaves. Vixen a woman. I mean, did we check the pronouns? Presumably, <laughs> we need to get to the bottom of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, a whole other episode on a different <laughs> podcast. It's interesting. Um, of course, over the course of it, they, he meets Clarice, yep. who's a, a young a young the, doe with a pink bow, the yes. pretty one. Yep, and she. Tells him he's cute and kisses him and he jumps around and, he, and that's why he's half flying. Yeah. And everybody's impressed until his nose falls off. And then, as you mentioned earlier, yeah. Coach Comet, one of the other Santa's team, is just like, well, ostracize this kid yes. because his nose is different oh, than everybody else. We can't have else. that. <laughs> yeah. And even Santa says, oh, that's a shame. He had such promise, too. Or he's such a good flyer. That's a shame that he's different. We can't have him. Like gingers have no souls. <laughs> too bad he's a loser. Right. 
Oh, it's just, it's so over the top. Over the top. Brutal. Awful to this kid. Oh. Well, no wonder he runs away. Yeah. In it, the meantime, in the toy shop, the elves are singing and there's one elf who's just not, he's not into it. He's, yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're making it. their toys. They're making toys. And with, he's, just, he's just painting a wagon and he's just not doing it. <laughs> he's just not cutting it. And the drill sergeant slash head elf, <laughs> what are you doing? You know? And he finds out, I don't want to be a toy maker. I want to be a dentist. A dentist? We don't need a dentist. <laughs> Did you hear that? Herbie wants to be a dentist. Yeah. And he reminded me of a drill sergeant from like, you know, one of those army movies yeah. where the drill sergeant's all bravado and big voice and stuff. <laughs> and did you notice Hermes the only elf that has hair? Yeah. <laughs> well, Misfits. Yeah. He's a miss. All the rest of them are bald and yeah. he had this beautiful wavy blonde hair and he wanted to be a dentist. I mean, the guy's got, he's got brains. He's reading books. You know? <laughs> there's, there's more to it for him than that. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work the line my whole life. <laughs> build toys. I do things. Yeah. I want to do something. I want to. Fit. I want to do something. I can. You know. I like that can help. And yeah, yeah. I'm going to become just, a dentist and buy a nice sleigh and, and have a good cave to this, live in. This guy can just pound down his dreams and just like no, you're like you're fired. You're like why you can't fire me? I quit. And yeah. then he goes, he's leaving, <laughs> and he climbs out the window. <laughs> in the meantime, then they have this. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. What is elf practice for? <laughs> For the choir, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, just how yeah, to be, so the, be a better elf or... Yeah, so they need elf practice. They're elves. Right. <laughs> you go practice pra- being you. Yeah. <laughs> go practice. We're going to human practice. They said like, you got to learn how to go hee-hee and ha-ha. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, build toys and sing. So, yeah, they have to they have to go and perform. So the head elf gets all these elves in front of him. They put on a concert for Santa and Santa's just not having no, it. No. He's, he's just sitting there it. like he's like slumped over in his chair. Like, he's I like have to do this. head in his hand. He's like, what is going on? Yeah. And they're, they're, so they sing and he's like, just checked out. But you know, Mrs. Claus is all for it. And she's she's like, oh, this is wonderful. But why, why does Santa, if Santa doesn't care, why are they doing this? Yeah. <laughs> they're I mean, doing it for Santa. I mean, so they're doing this whole literal song and dance for Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess maybe for Mrs. Claus, but I mean, it's it's him, Mrs. Claus, and the elves in the North Pole. Yeah. So, <laughs> they just need something to keep them busy the rest of the year? <laughs> it must. It's I mean, starting to sound like the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the tyrant doesn't have anything for them. He's like, well, Ugh, dance monkey. <laughs> go sing. I yeah. guess. I don't know, go sing or something. <laughs> I gotta find these uh, something to do, <laughs> and then they then that's when they discover that Hermie has left. Yep, because you know, it was a terrible performance because the Hermie was missing Hermie. Apparently, yeah. apparently, the thing he can do very well is sing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it, the entire performance was was he's know, the only one who could carry a tune. Brought down by Hermie being gone. But. Yeah, so he is left. Rudolph is left, and they they kind of stumble upon each other in the snow. Right, and they. Literally, because he yeah. like, he's like in a snowbank. He's hiding in a snowbank yeah. under a tree. Yeah, Hermie is. Which and I loved, by the way, that all the trees in the forest were pre-decorated as Christmas trees. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> well, I love that. So Rudolph stumbles into the snowbank and Hermie pops up. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, is this your snowbank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hang here, but if this is yours. Like, I don't want to be it. I don't want to impose. Yeah. <laughs> and they both agree, like, yeah, we're misfits, and they right. kind of agree that like, we should kind of be together. We'll be misfits together, and we'll yeah. go find our way. So they kind of go. They run away. Yeah, they go disappearing off into the into the 
the hinterlands of the, the North Pole and they stumble across your favorite character, Yukon yep. Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius, who was awesome because he was a huge man. <laughs> And he was a prospector and he had a dog sled, but he had like a wiener dog and like a shih tzu <laughs> yeah. and like all these tiny little dogs pulling his sled. And they around. won't, they half the time they don't pull the sled. No, he like, picks it up. He's like, I'll show you how to do it. And he starts pulling it. They all jump on them and just take the ride. <laughs> that was why I loved him so much. It's because they wouldn't run. So he put them all on the sled and he pulled the sled with the reindeer and the elf and all of his dogs on it. <laughs> uh, I have when, a question. Yeah. Is you have you, a lot of questions. I do. <laughs> a lot of questions came up during watching. Is Yukon Cornelius a misfit, or is he just a guy they kind of stumble upon? I think he's just a loner. Okay. Because I would make the case that he could be a he, misfit. He may be a misfit because for this reason, and I have to. I'm going to word it very carefully. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to misspeak on this one. I would. I might suggest that a man who has a fetish for pickaxe licking. Yeah. <laughs> might be a, he might be a misfit. He might be ostracized from from society. He, he throws <laughs> he throws his pickaxe in the snow and then he smells it and he licks it to see if there's yes. presence of gold or silver there and, and, or peppermint. Yeah, he's all disappointed. I got nothing, uh, nothing, yeah. nuts, nothing. <laughs> yeah, maybe he got thrown out of the mining camp. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> I'm not working next to this guy. I wonder why his tongue didn't stick to the pickaxe. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's interesting because there is a bit of you mentioned the peppermint, and I'm glad you did because so the original 1964 version, when after the sleigh takes off and they go flying off, they're celebrating, and he throws his pickaxe up and and it lands, and he does the whole weird licking thing, yep. and he's like peppermint. Yeah, I've discovered like this is what I've been looking for all along—a peppermint mine. Yeah. And it's you know just outside the uh, just right outside the, the Santa's uh, workshop. Yeah. So he's he's thrilled because he's discovered what he's been looking for the whole time. Sure. Granted, I'm sure he gets down there and realizes that Santa's been like sending the elves in there to mine like slave labor in there or something. But <laughs> or does he got to tear down Santa's village to <laughs> strip mine looking for this peppermint? So that was the original. That was actually at the, originally near the at the end, and that was oh, one original. of the things that was pulled out. In order to, to fit in oh, the Island of Misfit Toys really? revisit. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It would have explained yeah. that a little bit more right. as opposed to this way. So he wasn't really focused on Silver and Gold, even though they sing a whole song called Silver, Silver and Gold. Silver and Gold, right. Um, he was really looking for He was peppermint. really looking for Peppermint, which is actually I, makes me like him even more. Yeah. So when they get cornered by the Bumble mm -hmm. and Yukon and Rudolph and uh, Hermie are going to rescue... Uh, Mrs. Donner and Clarice, because mm -hmm. they've been captured by the the abominable snowman. Mm -hmm. And Donner's there, too. Actually. Donner's yeah. there, too. And they, they coax him out of the cave. And at that second, he reminds me of the Womp on Empire Strikes yeah. Back. And, like, the cave scene and the <laughs> snow monster and everything. And they're up there, and they just knock snow and a big rock onto his head, and they knock him out. And then Hermie pulls out all his teeth, <laughs> which is just awesome. <laughs> Because he's using his skills as a dentist, <laughs> and it's, save the day. And what I love is just, it's the the random they they draw him out of the cave by having Hermie oink like yeah. a pig. There's only one the thing guy. he likes more than deer meat is pork. <laughs> I've never never seen a bumble turn down a pork dinner. Yes, that's what he says. <laughs> see, that's why I love you, Con Cornelius. It's just great. Oh, but yeah, but before they get there, there is actually one point where they show. The first time we see the, the abominable snowman, they don't actually show him. They just show his like he, his huge foot. His leg comes down, and the scale of this is not consistent with the rest of because Rudolph fits inside his. Yes, snowman. and his his leg is so high; it's I mean, it's off the top of the screen. Right. 
It's just his leg. Yeah, it's just like his his two legs go by, and they are massive. They're yes. just really long, and then the, like, the rest of the time, it's not nearly as high. I mean, it's... His legs are very short. Yes. Compared to compared, his torso. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, so their scale is a little off. But they continue, and they end up find, coming upon this island of misfit toys that they've right. never seen before. It's over... So it's this island where a winged lion who wears a crown flies around the world every night to find gathering unwanted unwanted toys toys and bringing them back to his island in the hopes that santa will come and take them yeah and this is my question like how does santa not aware that there is a winged lion who lives in the north pole who flies around carrying toys around right like you think at some point some other elf would's like hey santa there's a winged lion carrying toys around do you do we know anything about this and and santa's like quiet you like go over there and say hee hee and ha ha go back to elf practice like hey hey that elf over there his ears aren't as pointed as everybody else get rid of that freak get him out of here Like, and, and a one-hour break to anyone who can bring me the broomstick of Frosty the Snowman. It's <laughs> <laughs> just tyrants. He's a tyrant. Like, how, how is he so self-involved with his workshop that he doesn't know there's a flying lion <laughs> taking toys around? And it's up to it's up to Rudolph who's got to go and find him. <laughs> I don't understand. Bring me the broomstick of Frosty the Snowman. Afraid of a little fire, snowman? <laughs> he can't even say fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I, Santa's an interesting... You know, we've talked to... There's certain Santas where you got to nail it or you don't. And yeah, this Santa yeah, they is don't, like, they not don't nail li- this one. This Santa's not likable. And, and how many neighbors does he have in the North Pole anyway? It's not like he... There's not like there's many neighbors, let alone a flying lion. Right. They've got to be aware of somebody else in the proximity. I mean, you think of where a they neighbor live. like that would stand out. Yes. <laughs> like you, you recognize in your neighborhood, oh, that neighbor's got a boat. Yeah, you know? He's not hiding. He's if flying he was, around every day. If he was a flying lion, I'd pick that out pretty quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. And what was your favorite misfit toy? As a kid, I always liked the elephant. The, the polka dot elephant? Yeah, the, the spotted elephant. Yeah. Which I have a question about the elephant now. He's just a spotted elephant. What's, why is he a misfit? Does every child want just a gray African uh, elephant? Or I mean, are, are the spots pox? Does <laughs> <laughs> he, he have some kind of some kind of disease that he's he's actually quarantined on the island this until he gets be. better? Yeah, or until a cure is found? Right. I, <laughs> I mean, they are pink spots. It looks. I mean, no, it could be a sick weird. elephant. Yeah. yeah, and I was like the the the, the cowboy on a on an ostrich. On an ostrich, yeah. I like the yours? owl that could swim. Yeah. The owl that didn't fly, but it could swim. <laughs> and the boat that couldn't float. The boat that didn't float. Yeah. yeah. The misfit toys are an interesting collection. Yeah. Um, Which in the the water gun that squirted jam. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> That'd be fun to have. <laughs> a nice kitchen utensil. Right. Like, All right. How quickly you can make a sandwich with that. <laughs> So they discover that upon this island, and they ask King Moonraiser if they can stay, and he's like, yeah. I, I did love King Moonraiser's voice, because you know, yeah. this big kind of scary line, he's got this very friendly, come closer, how can I help you? Yes. And he's like, oh, well, this island's only for toys. Right. The living things need to go out and let you know. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's... Maybe you could ask Santa yeah, for he's me. Like, yeah, you can spend the night, but you know, I would ask that you would talk to Santa for me. And, and Rudolph says, I will, when I went... When I see Santa again, I will tell him about you. Yeah. Which it kind of creeped me out that this winged lion was so friendly. I'm like, is he trying to lure them on? <laughs> <laughs> Come here and look at my toys. 
Go stand on a... that X over there on the floor. <laughs> it's the best view of the island. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't mind this this lever over here. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Pay no attention to that man behind the screen. That's the second Wizard of Oz reference we've had in this show. <laughs> this is really a uh, rewriting of the Wizard of Oz. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yeah, everything is. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. So Rudolph disappears. He, he decides he's going to go off on his own because his nose is what's keeping the abominable snowman and putting his yep. other friends in danger. So he takes so off he in takes the middle off. of the night. Though. One night on the island of misfit toys, he he bolts and kind of leaves them behind and spends the rest of the year on his own, kind of dodging the abominable snowman, and yeah. trying to make friends and not having a whole lot of luck with it. And, you know, over the course of years, his antlers come in. He's gone a long time. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, it's like it's, the news reports at Santa's workshop are like, you know, presumed dead, yeah. you know, missing and presumed dead because he's been gone for more than a year. But I, th- I think they did so well on this is one of the the ad break cliffhangers is right after he leaves, he gets on this ice float and he's going and you see the Aurora Borealis and then there's this ominous roar of the abominable snowman. Yeah. And then it cuts to commercial. Like, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> now what? <Yeah. laughs> this whole sense of dread and foreboding for Rudolph. <laughs> It is so it's so palpable yes. in that one moment. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's so well done. Yeah. Um they never match it again. No. But, <laughs> but no, it's it's yeah, they you eventually you lead Rudolph back to the the North Pole. He, right. he gets back there. He Comes finally home. decides, all right, whatever. Yeah. I gotta go see what my parents are up to. And it turns out they're gone. Yeah. Because he goes home and he's asking for them, and there's there's Santa lurking in this cave. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Is he looting? <laughs> the downers are gone. I'm going to grab their stuff. <laughs> they're not going to need this stuff now. <laughs> like, they're gone. And so he's like, oh, he's like, they're gone. Rudolph, they went looking for you. And, yeah. like, and Clarice, too. She's gone, too. Like, I mean, yeah. everybody just instantly knows where Clarice is as yeah. well. <laughs> and, um, but so he ends up tracking it down and finds that he knows that they were looking for him. So he goes back and decides that it's, yeah, and that they are being in the, they're held in the, the, Cave of the cave. Abominable Snowman. Right. And Yukon Cornelius and Hermie this whole year have been looking for Rudolph. Rudolph. Right. And they, and they all come together. At they this come cave. together. And as you mentioned, that we, yeah. they, they bring the uh, snowman, uh, Abominable Snowman out, pull his teeth out. Yeah. And then I have a question. Why does Yukon Cornelius then proceed to attack the abominable snowman who's toothless yeah. and just he's like, he's <laughs> just like kind of, you feel bad for him. He's like, he has no teeth. Yeah. And he's just like, what is going on? My teeth are <laughs> what gone. Is, what has happened? And Yukon just says, they're nothing without their chompers. <laughs> and then he charges him yeah. with his dogs yes. and they drive him off the edge of a cliff. But he goes over with him. Yes. Yeah. With the dogs yes. too. And the dogs. And they all disappear. Yeah. Down into the abyss. And and of course, then Sam the Snowman says, well, they all missed their friend. But they needed to get back for the North Pole because it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. He (laughs) fell in a crevasse. There's no coming back. Yeah, that's too bad. Well, let's go. (laughs) And so, yeah, they they go back to the the North Pole. And, you know, that's when this bad weather kicks in and Santa's like, well, we can't do this. Christmas is canceled. Yeah. He's like, I I can't do this. Mrs. Claus spent all that time fattening him up. The children are expecting a fat Santa. <laughs> he well has been st- spent too much time singing yeah. and not building, getting me ready for this. So right. it's all your fault. <laughs> and 
then as he breaks the news to everybody, Rudolph's nose is shining and he's like, oh, Rudolph, that's so annoying. He's like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. I can use, I can use you <laughs> to do my job. Right. <laughs> you the one all who, of a sudden who's, you're valuable. Who's ostracized for the last year, but right. now we could use you. So, yes. And so he asks Rudolph to lead his sleigh and Rudolph, of course, says, no. <laughs> No, he's of course he says yes. He says yes, but he did by all rights should have said no. I mean, I talked to tell you a walking with, fat man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you jump? <laughs> yeah, well, I, one of my favorite Twitter feeds. You know, we talk about that Super Seventy Sports. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite posts he ever did is that scene, and he and Rudolph says, "Ah, let's see, Santa. Rudolph's got a long memory. How about no?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they hitch a. Uh, they hitch Rudolph to the sleigh. To the front. And the sleigh takes off. Of course, he he has told Santa. He's kept his promise. He's told Santa where the about the, the Island of Misfit Toys. Island of Toys. And so he's leading. So he gets to take him there, too. Right. But did you notice when the, the sleigh takes off, there's seven reindeer, not nine? Yes. That's what I wanted the to talk about. The front two are not there. And you know yeah. who are the one of the front two that's not there? Donner. Donner. Donner's been booted. Right. In, in place of his son. Yeah. So... <laughs> His son took his spot. It's like karma for all his bad behavior for his son. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're not the lead deer anymore, dude. Maybe that was the side conversation. Okay, Santa, look, <laughs> I'll do this, but you got to get rid of my old man. Because <laughs> I count, I'm very specific about Santa scenes where there's got to be eight reindeer. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, they list them all yeah. in the song. Yeah, like there's got to be eight reindeer plus Rudolph makes nine, and there's a whole controversy every time a song mentions eight tiny reindeer. It's like, oh wait a minute, you forgot one. Yeah, and I saw that and I'm like, okay, Flintstones had four. <laughs> These guys have seven. <laughs> like, is there anyone that's or even in uh, Frosty the Snowman they had four? Four. Yeah. Like, does anyone have eight reindeer yeah. anymore? It's just lazy. Yes. But I like to think that it not not only Donner, but Comet is the other one that got to do yeah, it. Yeah, Comet Rudolph's like, yeah. <laughs> like, so Rudolph comes back a hero, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you remember Comet and Donner, how they treated Ru- Let's cancel those two. So they <laughs> How were the- was your flight, Coach? Yes. <laughs> they canceled Coach, <laughs> Comet, and Donner have been canceled. They're no longer on the team. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. But then, then they go back to the. Of course, the first place to go is the Island of Misfit Toys. Before they get there, there there's a bonfire going yes. on, on the shore, and the toys are. So you see the Charlie in the box and the, the elephant doll. and the doll are, are crying, and and the doll is talking about how she cries because you know Santa has not arrived, and she actually says, uh, "quote Rudolph promised." Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> He did not. He did not promise. He did not promise that. He told King Moonraiser. I'll tell Santa. That he will tell Santa Claus. Yep. And he does. Promise fulfilled. He's yep. done what he said he'd do. promise I'll tell him. So we don't really know what this doll's, what makes her a misfit. So my guess is it's either she, um, she's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> she has a horrible memory. Yeah. Or she has some serious PTSD from a previous child owner, like a la Jesse from Toy Story 2. Yes. And she is just... Jesse escapee. She's just walking trauma. And this is just like piling onto her, uh, pulling onto her issues. Nobody wants to deal with that. (laughs) 
<laughs> so thankfully, though, they do arrive and hopefully yep. she finds her new home and she's all better. But um, yeah, I mean, so they, they show up and of course, it, the, the special ends with them like throwing the yeah the, all these throwing the toys all the toys out of the like hand them an uh, umbrella umbrella and they yeah. toss them out of the out of the, <laughs> sled. Out of the sled and that's they all didn't even slow down yeah. <laughs> chucking them out good luck good luck yeah. well that's it was like the Flintstones apparently that's how they do it that's yeah. how Santa's uh, Santa's that's, that's the most efficient way to Santa's do it Santa's got no time to stop yeah <laughs> The light is green. <laughs> there you go, and and that's that's pretty much that that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we 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 kid on it a lot, but it's a fun show. Oh, it is. It is entertaining. Is, is, yeah. And I love the you know I I always go to you know when you ask me what my favorite was, I always go to the voices because I'm really into that. But the, on this one, I really love that animation. It is the classic stop motion animation that i compare yeah. everything else to is, yeah. is that rudolph the red-nosed reindeer special would you call that your good from this special? yeah i think so I, yeah. I just i really enjoyed it and i think it was the first it was one of the first and it's the one that everything's compared to after it i think mm-hmm. yeah i no, i agree completely I, I my good is part of it's the animation i mean the animation above all is just so good it's yeah. just yeah especially given given that time um just the story that they turn out is is so well so well told, and even how the they visual. handled the water. I mean, there was mm-hmm. a lot of water mm-hmm. in this, and the the abominable snowman disappears into the water. And they had over yeah. two hundred individual little figures that they animated throughout this, right? Which is that's a lot. That's incredible. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the animation, the songs actually work really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Burl Lives is yeah, fantastic anyway. Um. But yeah, the songs work really well, and as as again, as much as we kind of you know joke about it and kind of how awful some of these characters are, I mean, there is really a huge heart at the middle of the story. I mean, it really is right. the underlying message really is great. Yes, it's just you gotta slog through some trash to get to it. You gotta like, see <laughs> some stuff <laughs> before you get. You're through. gonna earn yes. that heart. <laughs> so uh, how about your how about your bad? Santa was a jerk. <laughs> I, mean, just, <laughs> I don't know how else to get around it. It just—he was a jerk. He didn't make any good decisions at all. <laughs> yeah, my note just says bad. Yeah, he just Santa. pointed to Santa bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Just like I said, I, I know why they did it. They're they're, yeah. they're really trying to set up the hardship and really establish the misfit component of the main characters, but it's but so... it was a prima donna from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. but it's, and it's so over the top. Right. I mean, they're, it's they're, blatant. they're too, they're too awful. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And Santa's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. not the best representation of Santa. It's in not, any I've seen better version. Santas. Yeah, I've seen many better Santas. Yeah. I've seen better Santas at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you have any ugly in this one? Other than this blatant bullying of this poor child that's different. Yeah. You know, but that's what the story is about is the redemption yeah. after that. So I yeah. get it. But yeah, other than that, I mean, it's a it's a kid's show and it's it's good. Yeah. And it's yeah. It's, it's just the story's classic and Yeah, there's no blatant ugly really. Um, no. It's but it's it yeah, it's just it's entertaining and it's you know, that one time a year get out there and just right. kind of, yeah. Have fun with it. Yeah. You still wait for Rudolph to kind of whip out his little notebook. I'm like, okay, let's see who who wronged me in the last year. 
But that's what makes Rudolph so great is he's yeah. not vindictive. No, he has he's, every right to be vindictive yeah. and he didn't. No, he's just so, a, a, a loving character and Christmas character. It makes it easier to cheer for him. And, yeah. yeah. And he's the most famous reindeer of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think we've established already, but yeah, you're ranking on this with, yeah, we don't really do that one through 10. It's more of a, is this a, an annual view? Is it a kind of, you know, a moderate uh, view oh, or is it kind no, of a forgettable? I think this is a mandatory view. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is an annual. You've got, you got to watch this every year. Absolutely. Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions... You can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.